0: Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson. Here with my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. No Garrett today at Dynasty Price. He's uh He's got something like friends are in town or something i don't know
1: yep people people flew into town personal business yes sir and i'm
0: not i'm not i'm not about to be up in his business yeah that's his business his business
1: stay the hey this is
0: not the nerd hurt episode buddy don't be go out there just blabbing off f words all right save it i save it. the good stuff exactly all right so here we are back with the podcast, uh, episode one of the night. We'll be back for episode three of the Nerd Herd after this, where we pick up on our rookie breakdowns. Uh, if you're not a Nerd Herd member, you can get all those episodes. We've had, uh, we're on what, player number 16? 16, I believe, yep. Yeah, so right around there. Uh, if you join the Nerd Herd today, you can get that, and you get all our rankings. We have PPR, IDP, Superflex, Rookies, uh, Superflex Titan Premium, PPR, we got a buy sell tool coming out. It's going to be I saw it, looks pretty nice, right? You buy, saw? It? Yep. I uh yep. We're just getting it cleaned up now in the front end. That's going to be up uh on the site here in the next 10 days, I think. Little something I for the Yeah, a little something for the bios. Yeah, a little mock draft tool coming out at the end in the month mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming here for the Nerd Herd members uh and then the big tool will start soon, hopefully. Can't wait. Two thumbs uh, up from this guy. Love it. Love it. So make sure uh you join the Nerd Herd where you get Extra podcast. That's what, I mean, of all the things, right? Of all the things for the herd is just, you get an extra podcast. That's worth it. Just buy me a cup of coffee, three bucks a month. Great stuff. Today's show, though, for all you cheap sons of bitches out there, <laughs> uh, is third year breakout players.
1: You dude. barnacles.
0: <laughs> Who don't want to pay for the extra stuff. You want to support our cause. These developers cost tens of thousands of dollars. You think I'm going to pay for this? No. Well, I already did. Yeah. Can you help me pay it back? It's like, <laughs> we kick, help our Kickstarter campaign over here to help better Dynasty Fantasy Football? We're trying to take this thing global. Um, today, we're doing third-year breakout players, and this is always one of my favorite year, shows to do of the year. These are the shows where we give you players that we think you should buy now, and even where it might seem like an overpay, it might pay out. Uh, down the road i remember i had like Devonte adams on here right once you know mm-hmm. i said you got like you're going to say you have to buy Devonte adams now it might seem like an overpay but if you bought Devonte adams at the time now you're sitting there going i got one of the top three dynasty fantasy football receivers in the game son come at me I'm come on i'm come going for me. ships come at me bro come at me bro as to,
1: as your son would say to my son
0: he always said that <laughs>
1: he always says
0: that oh come at me bro <laughs> come at me bro get him bro um, before we get into some of these third-year breakout guys, which we have, I think we have four of them today. We're going to attack one from a superflex perspective. Um, let's talk, we have some news and notes, actually. You know, because mm. hey, OTAs are starting, and they, when OT when people start practicing, what happens, Matt?
1: Bad things start
0: happening. People start dropping like flies. That's right. Uh, we see this every year. I mean, with the, half our show. In season show is just us breaking down injuries and yeah, yeah. who's who's the next man up and you should be like dabbling in, yep. which helps. That's it's that's a good dynasty maneuver though, getting the next guy up, right? Always a great maneuver, man. Yeah, it's like a male gigolo, like next guy up. Whoa, wait, no, next guy up
1: on the stage. I don't think that's a gigolo.
0: Chippendales. I think you're talking about Chippendales. Chippendales. Yep. Yes, yeah. You know, I was going to be a Chippendales answer once. You were. Well, I mean, when was that? When I saw that skit on Saturday Night Live with oh. Chris Farley and Patrick Sasey, I'm like, hey, I can do that <laughs> for like one second. So like that one second, I was like, I'm going to be a Chip of you, dancer.
1: You rushed out. You got yourself a bow tie.
0: Yeah, I d- and Moore just looked in the mirror, some, and I was like, I don't think this is going to work out.
1: You got some shirts, cut the cufflinks oh, off, and yes. put them right around your oh okay. uh,
0: Dude, yeah, that part, yeah. Waist down. No, not waist. Okay. From the waist up to my neck, like I was good to go. Like I was like, this is going to work.
1: So this you're talking late '90s then. This must have been. This
0: is like '19, yeah, like right around like '1998, yeah. Then, (laughs) but then the camera fades back, and you're like, oh, 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 oh. yeah. Yeah. This is this isn't painted pretty picture. This is not Bob Ross (laughs) material here. All right, I am not a pretty tree. (laughs) It's a pretty little bush. I was like, maybe I should do like a fantasy football instead. Maybe this (laughs) maybe this is a better avenue. Uh, But yeah, here I am today, sitting next to you. Still,
1: still looking dead sexy.
0: Thanks, man. I, I mm-hmm. appreciate it. Um, so some news and notes here in those injuries. Chris Carson, knee.
1: Chris Chris Carson had a little, little cleanup procedure from what they what they said, but he should be ready. So it, it, I guess that's not a, a big time concern. But I mean, for me, that's I mean, even if that opens the door just just for Penny to get a little more carries here early on in the season and kind of pop, it's somewhat concerning.
0: It's such a – the whole Seattle situation right now for Dynasty is such like a – people are so cautious right now. I think it's a really good time to buy Penny just because everybody's worried that he didn't do – hey, what have you done for me lately? He did look strong. He had the most yards after contact uh, last year, I believe, uh, or the biggest – I can't remember the stat I had on, on him, but it was some. It was good, whatever it was. Okay. Uh, I'll find oh. it here in a second. I'll come back to it after you're talking. But to me, I still – I still love the investment they have in Penny with the first round pick. Like he's gonna get his opportunity. I think Penny's a great buy. I think
1: right I mean now. I think the I think the proper move last year if you if you went out and got Penny was to try to handcuff him with Carson and, and really try to try to have all of that backfield because I feel like you know, obviously the Seattle offense they really want to run the ball a ton and and, and whoever is the lead back out of those two guys I think holds a ton of value. At this at this point, it's just a very murky sort of water to you know to navigate. I mean, obviously, like you said, they they, they spent a high you know, they sent they spent a, a first round draft pick on Penny, so he's gonna get an opportunity at some
0: point. On a run first team. And the right. stat I was looking for is Penny averaged fifteen plus yards per run every nine point four carries, which was the best rate in the NFL last year so okay big time he had some big time runs he he, he was able Seattle.
1: to every every nine runs he was able to to break off a 50, 15 yard run correct is, is what that stat is yeah is so saying.
0: it's just he's just a nice overall running back still remember he came to tr- camp overweight and kind of set him back and it's still and chris carson he, a a he
1: had a wrist injury at some at, you know like at a point at a point during the season last year as well
0: and chris carson's a good running back like he gets to the outside really well it's just sure. going to be one of those tandems where it's gonna be a one-two punch and until it's really solidified. uh, you're going to be okay. What do I do here? And I think this year it could be more of that too, where it's like, okay, you know, Carson's going to score a little bit less, but Penny's going to score a little bit more. And I see that's where the murkiness, I'd even probably dive in a little bit more into one of those guys or try and get that combo like in season when it's more 50 50. I like it. Well, either right. way. So,
1: so when the, the water's muddiest, you're saying go in there and try to swoop in and get the get the guy that you don't have. Yeah, just
0: weird galoshes. There you go. You need those. You want to keep your socks wet. Nothing worse than wet shoes, right? Right. Nasty. Uh, Tyler Croft recently signed tight end there for the Buffalo Bills. Right. We're like, well, this guy getting a decent contract. Whoopsie daisy.
1: Yeah, you got like a three year deal, and, and it's one of those things where you know obviously they went out and drafted um, uh, uh, Dawson Knox. So so it was one of those things where croft was probably going to start the season as the as the starting tight end and this is obviously puts a, a big push on the Dawson surgery Knox. on his yeah. foot
0: so he's out for indefinitely
1: I, I was gonna say i wouldn't be surprised if they they ir this guy he's gonna at least start the season on pop which you know i mean could easily transition into ir
0: i agree i think it's like an ir move comes back that way he's eligible right away like week 10 i think right around there right uh I just think it stinks because like we haven't got to our rookie breakdowns yet, but I thought like net- Dawson Knox. I've been getting a lot of shares in my rookie drafts uh, in the fourth round. I think he's a great sneaky buy for an athletic tight end going to a team that can use another big threat receiver. I know they got Robert, you know, but something more like in the middle. I know Zay Jones is a possession receiver, but you know that tight end safety net for Josh Allen. I thought he was a really good fit in there. Dawson Knox, one of my sneaky picks. I haven't really talked about it a lot on the podcast. We'll get to him in our rankings, but I like Dawson Knox, and now this kind of. Puts a little uh, this bump in the ADP. As I, I said,
1: this boosts him up, and, and to the point where you know you, you might have to go swoop him in on the at the third round instead of you know instead of getting him. In and the
0: court. I'm fine with that because I think I think it's worth a little bump in the in the pick as well because at least you'll know sooner, right? Like you're getting a little bit more Dawson Knox most likely action out there, and you'll know, hey, I see a little something out there, or this is an utter disaster.
1: Sure, and they they another tight end went down um, already in Bill's camp, so it was another guy that was there last year. I can't remember his name, like. Some rando um, guy, but I mean, it was another guy that was uh, technically ahead of Dawson Knox on the packing order, and he went down as well. So he must be working some sort of voodoo dolls or something on the guys. He
0: he could be out there, Nancy Kerrigan people. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) what was the chick's name? Uh, The blonde hair chick, Tanya Harding. Yeah, he's out. He's Tanya Harding out there, the tight end. She's like, hey. (laughs) Hey uh, Tyler! Hey, you want to come over here? Stomps on his foot real quick. I'm like, oh, that looks broken. I'm gonna get that. Look that real quick. Okay. Uh, I
1: can't remember what the the other guy is. A very no name guy. I can't remember. Yeah, he name.
0: took a took a lead pipe to the knee from Dawson Harden. <laughs> knocks, <laughs> knocks some people around out there. Yeah, uh, it's like hey last hey last nerd standing, last tight end standing out there in Buffalo. <laughs> uh, another guy get hurt. Uh, Raheem Moser in uh, San Fran had to get his arm redone. Right, like. So he had, he had
1: broken his arm last year and had surgery and had to get that redone, which does not Ugh. sound like it would be a very good thing.
0: It's like that, it's like that commercial the doctor comes in for, and he's like, oh, I'm just those okay commercials? I'm just, I'm just okay. I'm just okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, <right>. The doctor <laughs> comes back like eight months later like, hey, you know that surgery we got to clean up your arm? <laughs> eh, just kind of did okay I on it. I just did okay on that. I think I could do better. <laughs> what do you mean you think you could do better? Like, well, I, actually I need to do better because it's not right. It just... <laughs> I got to re break it. I got yeah. to re clean that up a little bit. So, uh, who knows I, about
1: that? I mean, so, so that, you know, he was screwed anyways,
0: man. It doesn't like no, he looked I, good I in his opportunity, and that's fine. But I still stand by the fact that any running back is pretty much going to look good in that hand to hand offense. Right. right. Uh, he was buried. He was so, the fourth so, guy in the right. chart. So,
1: combine that and then com- w- with the fact that Matt Breda, um, has a slightly torn pectoral muscle and, and things are starting to clear up a little bit in this backfield. But I mean, obviously Brett is going to come back, you know, he'll be fine for training camp. It sounds like so slight turn um, the pectoral, right? As long as, as long as it doesn't become worse and he doesn't re aggravate it or anything like throughout the entire year, it's, it's not an issue.
0: And listen, I've been saying the same thing for what 18 months now by Jarek McKinnon. Like Jarek McKinnon's value is still fantastic. Like, what else do they have to do to show you that he's going to be a main feature in that offense? Like, everybody's like, oh, now they signed and Coleman. See you later, Jarek McKinnon. You're out for more number. that. No, he's he's still there. He's still the guy. He's still going to be the pass catcher running back there in San Francisco. And that's the running back I want, you know, right. the pass catcher running back in San Francisco. I'm all in on Jarek McKinnon. Where his ADP is, where he's going, what you're giving up for him. You don't think you get Jarek McKinnon for a 20, 20 second? You think you can? I think you can. Yeah. You don't think you can? I think it's. Well, I
1: mean, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable giving him up for that. But I guess you know, I'm, I wouldn't. I'm probably, I would uh, no. Yeah. I wouldn't give it up for right. that.
0: But what? i Like just you him, think you can obtain his ADP that. and his market value where he is right now in dynasty community. I mean, I'm doing tons of these last nerd standing drafts, right? Right. So I'm actually seeing live ADP ahead of me where he's just going. It's like the value of we had. Like you could see that 2021 value that is there like not maybe everybody obviously you and I wouldn't do that but there's teams out there would for sure do that people are still scared about the Tevin Coleman situation and the Matt Breda situation maybe this Breda like murkies it up a little bit and that might you know drive up the price a little bit but you just wait on it I'm still you missed that boat honestly when Tevin Coleman signed I said use this opportunity to buy McKinnon As soon as he signed, I was like, go buy McKinnon now. His prices dropped drastically. And that was the window. Like, that was a real clean, cheap window right there. Right. Um, I still love him, man, like this year. Mm Because I just like – we just said a couple minutes ago. Like, I like the running back in San Francisco's offense. I think McKinnon's going to be the back to own, personally, um, from a PPR perspective. So – Sometimes you get there. And speaking of picks and rankings, I didn't mention this. If you go to Dynasty Nerd's rankings after we just did our update over the weekend, we added all the rookies in our overall rankings. We did something uh, else. I don't know if any other sites do this because I don't look at other people's sites rankings. But uh, they probably have G's at the end of their rankings. Probably <laughs> boring. Boring. Good. Good hip nerds. <laughs> uh, we uh, actually added 2020 picks to our rankings. So there's a tier base now. And we also had a 2021 first. So if you want to see where we value a 2021 first overall, like where does it, where does this stop? You know, because I looked at, it, I was like, okay, any like would I take a 2021 first for him? Nope, 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 nope. Yep. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> That's would. That's my tier for that guy. Yes, uh, I would. And then okay, okay, now a 2022. Who would I take for a 2022? Nope, 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 nope. Oh yeah, give mm-hmm. me guess where Derek McKinnon is. He's ahead of that. Oh, teaser, teaser, teaser. No, what's right behind that 2022nd? 20, 20 2021 20, first. <laughs> it's right behind that. It's huh? equal, like value to me. Okay, Like a 2020, 2021 first is equal to a 2022nd 20, 20 in my eyes. Right I mean, now. Just time
1: value of picks and stuff like I mean, that it makes sense.
0: I don't know where you have it ranked. I haven't looked. I don't remember,
1: to be honest. I'm I know, you know I I'm going to go
0: look. I'm going to go because you can go in our rankings and you could sort per ranker. So I you know. can see Matt's rankings. Yeah. You can see my rankings and you'd be like, oh, I'm leaning towards Rich. I know that they're close. Let's the, put it that the, way. The positions. Well, it's a it's a nice. I, I thought it would be a great uh, addition to our rankings. I think like I think it was an excellent pick. Because a lot of people yeah. are like, hey, would you give this for a twenty twenty first? I'm like, D- dude, just go look at my rankings. Mm-hmm. Rankings. Rankings. Does that sound a little better. That doesn't even sound right. Doesn't yeah, even come out right. Not out of your mouth, dude. Rankings just flows way better. Yeah, it does. You know, the G slows me down. All right, <laughs> I don't need that. I ain't got time for this. I'm getting five hours of sleep right now working on this damn website. Putting all this time in for dynasty information. Speaking of dynasty information, in. you want to get to uh, these players we're going to talk about? Could hey, we? Man, we've been talking for 15 minutes about what? Um, news and notes. and Oh, yeah. I forgot we got to do that, yep. too. We do that. The, people are playing today. We got to do news and notes because people Absolutely. are going to get hurt They are getting the hurt, time. man. People are on the field. Um,
1: Number two overall pick this year got tweaked a little bit. I don't know how bad it is. Oh, yeah. He's Nick, a Bosa, of course. Nick, he's. Nick Bosa. Yeah, yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's a Bosa. He's going to miss four games, come in, have 18 sacks, and then get hurt again. Yep. This is what they do. Um, so today we're going to talk about third year breakout players and some of these guys might be obvious and some of these guys might not be obvious, but let's dig in. My number one guy as a third year breakout player is Mike Williams for the LA chargers. I love me some Mike Williams. I'm starting to get the feel of him. Like the feel I had for Devonte Adams. Like I oh. need to go out there and get him. And even before we did the show, as I was doing some research, I went through some leagues like you know how you go in your dynasty league? You you go you make you get the offer all set up, and all you have to do is hit send. Oh yeah,
1: and I have like, one right now, and I took a picture of it, and then went <laughs> off of too.
0: it. I take <laughs> a picture too.
1: I was like, I don't want to forget this deal.
0: Yeah, and you're like, ah, oh, but Screen, the hardest part for me isn't like a lot of these leagues. Is like, I'm like a contender. You know what I mean? Like right. So you so don't they, want
1: to give up a bunch of pieces to get a young guy, but even
0: a piece like a fair value piece, like another receiver, right. like so, like a guy like Jarvis Landry, you know. It's okay. I think, you know, they're pretty close in value here.
1: Oh, I'd give up Jarvis Landry in a heartbeat. Oh, I would too. I've, yeah.
0: made, I've already made it. I've submitted that offer. Yeah. But then like, then Tyson, like Jarvis Landry plus what? Sure. And then it's like, okay, that's where I'm going. I don't want to hurt myself. You know, right. and I'm a Jarvis believer this year. I think he's going to have a fantastic year moving back to the original slot. But Mike Williams, the number seven overall pick in 2017, six foot four, 220. Oh. He's only 24 years old. Doesn't turn 25 until October. This guy. Now we got to remember, he didn't really play his rookie year in twenty seventeen. He was hurt, right? Coming out of college hurt as well. Yeah. Last year, in his first full year in the NFL, in twenty eighteen, in PPR leagues he finishes wide receiver thirty two, pretty good. And that's you know low end not wide receiver. Not three. bad, absolutely. In standard leagues he finishes wide receiver twenty,
1: much nice. better. Yeah.
0: But here's the big thing where this comes into effect, Matt. He did this all on sixty six targets, sixty six. Targets, the first player to ever amass that amount of like points on so little targets in the history of the NFL. That's how good he was. Now, a lot of this came off of his touchdowns, which was ten. He finished the year with forty three receptions for six hundred sixty four yards, but he had ten touchdowns.
1: Ten TVs. Yep.
0: Now on sixty six targets, Matt. Now listen. Again, I'm not Albert Einstein over here. I'm not I don't even know what E equals or MC square even equals. I don't even know what that is. Okay? I know the saying. I don't know the meaning. But if you take ten and you divide it in the six, that means he scored six he scored a touchdown every six point six receptions. That's sexy. That's real sexy. His touchdowns You is, mean
1: six point six targets.
0: Matt. Listen, again, I'm not a mathematician here, okay? I'm using fingers and toes. I can't mm-hmm. keep track. All right, I don't have half a finger. Every 4.3 receptions. Wow, that's pretty good. I don't yeah. know where you come all with these numbers, but they sound great. Yeah. He had the fifth most touchdowns in the NFL last year. And Tyrell Williams leaves. Tyrell Williams leaves. He's taken 65 targets with him. He's taken 41 receptions with him. He's taken 653 receiving yards with him. He's taken five touchdowns with him. But not only that, is Tyrell Williams actually saw a higher snap percentage than Mike Williams, too. Tyrell Williams was on the field for 76% of the snaps. Mike Williams was only on the field for 66%, 62%.
1: That sounds like a Williams upgrade to me.
0: Sounds like he's a little bump on up. Now, you can argue, you could offset that, with Hunter Henry coming back,
1: and that that and, that was going to be my argument, by the way,
0: and you know that's going to reduce possibly touchdowns mm-hmm. there. Uh, I see Keen Allen though as more of a you know he's a great route runner more than a touchdown scorer. You know again Williams is six foot four, but the offset that Hunter Henry is, we got Mike Williams coming into the third year of his offense. We all know third year is the big step-up year for NFL players. That's the time to buy is the player going into their third year. Mm-hmm. Out of 16 years of playing Dynasty Fantasy Football, one of the best things I've learned and come away with is try and get these players coming out of their second year. Wait on them. Guys come up the taxi squad uh, in our leagues, so how we run them. But guys going into the third year is a great time to buy. And some people break out earlier, but the third year is usually the year where – they take a, you could take a big step up. Big where you, step, yep. yeah. Where you go from being wide receiver twenty or thirty two to being a top ten dynasty wide receiver? The guys are extremely hard to come by. The guy that you're playing premium cost to get, and usually you're doing a dip addition by subtraction here. So for me Mike Williams is kind of like right in that category. I like Hunter Henry, but this is this is a team that throws to the football. There's plenty of room to go around here and I think Williams is going to benefit cuz even though Henry's coming back, Mike Williams is going to be into his third year same offense and be a better overall receiver two years removed from his injury Mm -hmm. i think it's a great time to go out and buy mike williams i think it's a great gamble i think it's a pretty safe gamble too where even if it seems like a slight overpay that you're not overly comfortable with i think even his floor here is right around wide receiver 24 you know like to me this year that's a low-end wide receiver too which is still a pretty solid asset now it depends on what you give up but you know, maybe you're a little strong at running back, or you have another position. And you give up. I think, I think a running back for a guy like Mike Williams is a nice trade that you can make. Um, like, I'd be comfortable giving up. Like, you know, I bet if you had like if you were good at running back, and you could say David Johnson's been hurt the last couple of years, and you had to build up that around him, mm-hmm. if you give up David Johnson. You could probably give up David Johnson and get Mike Williams back and a 20/20 second. I could see that in some leagues. Can you see that? I
1: mean, I think it would depend on the league. I would do that in a heartbeat. I know you would too. I know I know that you're not as high in David Johnson as probably the rest of the world is.
0: Just short window. Uh,
1: absolutely. I think it is. I think it is as well. Um, so I, I would definitely – I mean, Mike Williams was my number one wide receiver coming out that year. He was. Over so, Corey Davis. O- o- over Corey Davis for sure. So uh, I love this guy. I, I definitely would advocate going out and, and getting him right now before he explodes because I think that's what's coming.
0: And Corey Davis, I mean – he was supposed to be my guy here anyway so last week was be my guy and i still love Corey davis but i i, I forgot i'm not getting a lot of sleep lately
1: he, you and your forgetfulness
0: i can't help myself you know it's like a, six you know these last nerd stand-ins new site launches whatever and at least mike williams is you know in, I, in, a, in a situation I'm,
1: I'm not gonna lie when you started talking about mike williams i was a little bit confused because i could have sworn last week you said something about Corey davis mike i did Mike I did. Mike Mike and Ike? What are you
0: talking I about, man? Mike and Ike. Mike Williams. <laughs> oh, Mike Williams. I'm delirious. I told you this. Right. Uh you yeah, know, like you you mentioned before too like you you know, at least for Corey Davis, like his situation has gotten better. Mike Williams' situation has gotten better.
1: It definitely has. Yep.
0: And so like right now, what do you see Let's get let's just talk about like value now, overall value. Like what would you like give up for Mike? Like what's his value out there?
1: Okay. So th- that's the thing. Like I know how I value him. I know how I value him. And I know, but does does everyone else value him as highly as me? So that, that's what that's makes...
0: That's my confusion with him, too. Like, does everybody else, like, like okay, so we both clearly love him.
1: I've been right? looking to, to put together some packages to try to put out some trade offers, and I'm having a hard time coming up with what I feel like isn't insulting to the person, but also not me Overpaying.
0: Me too. I've done that with Mike Williams so far a couple times where I put the trade out there and all I have to do is hit send. Sure. Right. Right. All I have to do is hit send. Yep. And I'm like, oh, I feel like this might be insulting. Right. But like, so, if it, if he's not in love with him as much as I am, this could be fair in so his I, eyes. So I, so I
1: so I could get him for this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so it is very it's very tricky. It's hard. They're hard waters to navigate. Um, I think probably my very as far as I would go, I I would give I would give a couple first round draft picks.
0: Oh, you just knocked somebody's socks off. Two twenty twenty firsts. No, I don't think
1: I. I don't think I would do that. No, I would, okay. I would do. I would do a nineteen and a twenty.
0: All right. And I, you know, I bet you just. I bet a lot of people are just taking them back right there with that statement, saying, "I don't give up two first round, a twenty twenty first and a nineteen firsts. But I mean, I think you're going to probably saying this from like a mid round to a low end first nineteen. So like, say pick from seven to twelve.
1: Right, right, and that would be it. Would have to be obviously situational, depending on, on how your team is structured and where you're at. I mean, if I'm rebuilding, I'm probably not going to do that kind of move because you're going to be picking too early, and there's the 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 quality of player is going to be much better at, at in those rounds in those years.
0: But if you're picking from seven to twelve, you're probably somewhere a little bit closer on the cusp. I mean, you're you're on a your way down, but say you're on it, you know, the come a little bit, and yeah, I mean, you're talking about guys like Paris Campbell, Noah Noah Fant, you know, sure AJ Brown there. And a 2021, yeah, that's, that's that's a lot to give, but I'm with you on this, man. I don't think that like I think it's a hard pill to swallow, right? And it's a hard thing to do. But I think when you play dynasty fantasy football, I think this is an essential move to make. Mm-hmm. And it's a risk, but any risk for a big time player is a is a is a you gotta make a big move. We mentioned Devontae Adams earlier. You, you wouldn't give a mid 2019 pick and a 2021 for Devontae Adams in a heartbeat. In a millisecond, anybody right. would do that. But you know what? You you won't, because you can't. You can't get them for it's that. It's not you can't obtain players like that for that cost. This is the time to do it. And this is my favorite time to do it. These guys go into third year to do it. You gotta get those guys ahead of that leap. Right. That third year leap where they go from being wide receiver thirty-two twenty to being that top ten asset that you can no longer attain. You gotta make that move now. Now, you may strike out. But even if you strike out on a guy like Mike Williams, like I said, I think his floor is like a low end wide receiver. T- or two is his floor.
1: That's his, I mean definitely that's his floor. I mean, he's going to a great situation. And and like you know I've mentioned before, he was my he was my number one wide receiver coming out that year. And and there's no reason in my eyes that that he can't reach that potential. I mean the only I think the thing that kept him out of of, of that bracket for a lot of people was his, the neck injury. And and I mean obviously. The, the, it's still a concern going forward, but he is in such a great situation. He's six foot four. He's two hundred and twenty five pounds. He's Philip Rivers throwing the ball. The targets that went out the Williams, uh, you know, went out the window with Tyrell Williams, and and he's going to get. It's just a great situation. And he and for me, he's the the player most likely to just kind of explode this year.
0: These are the quintessential moves to build a successful dynasty team. Let- Making a move like this. At this time right, right now is a franchise altering move.
1: And let me just I'm mean, gonna let just say this. I, I I'm not saying hey, you just go out and, and you start your offer at two first round draft Hell no. picks. You know what I mean? Like that's not what I'm saying. And and you might not have to pay that to get him, but that's I think, as far as I would go down the road.
0: Yeah, you're like that guy from that fire festival uh video. You know, like how far would you go to save something? You know right. I'm like that guy's ready to go suck some D. That's how far he was willing to go. All right. We're not saying that. But, I mean, two first-round picks, that's going pretty far. That is. But, again, these are the moves, like I said before, you have to make. Like, if you want to get that star player, the best time to get that star player is is right before he becomes that star player. Right? Because all of a sudden, people start coming up unobtainable you know try it out there and go get odell beckham try and go get now again in some leagues they're more obtainable than others but for the most part these are guys that they're hard to get because to be fair these aren't guys you trade these are franchise players we say it all the time there's only x amount of wide receiver ones franchise builders that you build again we do these startups and you get into the third round and you're like man i don't Mm. love any this is a startup draft where every player is available so you get after you get past player 30 32 and you're just like
1: do i have uh, to draft this guy i man, guess i, I do. like him yeah. i don't
0: love him so like these guys are the guys that take you to another level and hold you at another level mike williams has a talent to be that guy so i agree with matt i go into that knowing okay two twenty twenty two first round picks this year and next year um that's my floor. You know, like you said, if, you, if you're having your rookie draft yet, yeah, you can go into like, hey, I'll give you – yeah, pick 1-8. I'll give you my first and this for Mike Williams. Maybe we're out the gazer. Okay, I'll take that. Definitely a time of a rookie draft and they see a guy like J.J. Arcega whiteside white A.J. Brown sitting there and I'm like, oh, I like his upside, and you're going to give me this? And you're going to give me, uh, you know, Devontae Freeman? That's a little pricey, but yeah, sure, I would. I'll give you 1-7 in Devontae Freeman because you need a running back. You're going to run back and a receiver you want here for Mike Williams. And I get a forward to lose Devontae Freeman. Hell, yeah, I'm making that move. Now, because, again, what do you rather have, a 2021st or Devontae Freeman? 2021st. Uh, yeah, well, look at our rankings. We have the right. uh, 2021st on there in our the rankings. So, yeah, I I like that as a floor move. I'm okay with that. I wouldn't protest that whatsoever. Okay. Um, that's what you have to do to make these kind of moves. Michael Williams falls into the category. There's not a lot of guys out there I would make that move for who has the upside of that. I don't what? think
1: there's anybody in anyone else this year that I'm making that kind of move for that. I, that I expect this kind of jump from at
0: a receiver for yeah aspect yeah, that, you might that, be right. that
1: I'm expecting to make it this big of a jump.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah.
1: As, as I see coming from Mike Williams who, who, you know, he went from like what? Six hundred and six, six hundred and sixty four yards. I could see him doubling that.
0: Yeah. I see him as, Oh, I easily see this guy as an 85, 90 reception kind of guy with 1200 yards receiving and double digit touchdowns. Yeah. Like that's, Wide well, receiver, one category. Right. I, I see him overtaking Mike Keen Allen. I, I definitely see a that. dynasty he's, value.
1: He's a better all-around athlete and and has higher a way higher ceiling.
0: Just not a better route runner. No, Keen-Allen. he's not. Kills it there. But again, pay the price. Yep. I'm okay with it. And this is he falls into my number one category of buy, um, almost at any cost. Not at any cost, but I mean, you you put it pretty clear. A 19 first and 2021st. 20, 20 I don't see a lot of people saying no to that. For the most part. Would I say no to it? Psh, yeah, I'd say no in a second. I'm like, no, I'd rather have Mike Williams. Right. But I can see the dynasty community from what I've seen, even, again, where he's going in these startup drafts, man. It's crazy. Like, I I, I want to take him way higher than I should, but I just know I I can't. You no, know you can wait. I can wait. It. Yep. So let's move on to the next guy. All right. Another guy that I like a lot here, and I told you to buy at the end of last year, if you recall, and I actually went out here. We are talking about Curtis Samuel. Um, I said, at the end of last year, this is a guy you want to go out there and buy. And right now, you could probably give him for a second-round pick. And I got him for a second-round pick in a lot of leagues or just a straight-up player trade. And I felt like I came away the winner in every single one. Curtis Samuel, again, 22 years old. Doesn't turn 23 till August 11th. Was a second-round pick, 40th overall. That's the eighth pick in the second round, Matt. That's a pretty high value
1: it's a lot of draft capital very high draft a guy capital.
0: who didn't do much his rookie year in 2017 november 24th hurt his ankle had to get surgery i
1: was gonna say he missed what was it like the last seven weeks of the season six seven weeks of the season or something. seven weeks mm-hmm.
0: yeah of the season and it kind of lingered into the following year again he only played 13 games in right, 2018
1: right. he didn't come into he didn't come back until the week five after their bye
0: so we comes in after week five and they invested a first round pick in a guy named DJ Moore who had a really nice year. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. All right. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. DJ Moore finishes as wide receiver 36 on a year. Curtis Samuel played finished as wide receiver 49. Now remember, he played in only 13 games and DJ Moore played in 16. Similarly, in size, they're pretty close. You know, DJ Moore is five foot eleven, about 215 pounds. Curtis Samuel is eleven, about 198 pounds right around there. DJ Moore is more of like that running back-esque kind of receiver. And sure, sure. Curtis Samuel's not. 16 games played for DJ Moore, 13 games for Samuel. 55 receptions for Moore, 39 receptions for Samuel. 82 targets for Moore, 65 targets for Samuel. 788 yards for Moore, 494 yards for Samuel. That's good for 14.3 average for Moore and 12.3 for Samuel. Touchdowns, two for DJ Moore. Five touchdowns for Curtis Samuel. Nice little bump there. A L- little yeah. bump there. Moore had one fumble. Samuel had none. Rushing yards, Moore took the – you know, he cleaned house here. He had 13 rushes for 172 yards. Curtis Samuel, eight for 84. Sounds like Moore dominated almost every statistic here. But when you break it down for fantasy points per game, which is what I love to do, you know – I think fantasy points per game is one of the most underutilized stats in the game. Definitely. We're ending to the, the Dynasty Nerds rankings. We're mm-hmm. going to do fantasy points per game, not their yearly fantasy points. This is, who cares what they did? you look at a guy like Cream Hunt in year as running back 12. Like, oh that's pretty good. But if you actually looked at the games he played at the time, he was running back four overall. Yep. So I don't care what their end of the year score. What are they scoring per game? To me, that's what a very important fantasy stat. DJ Moore averaged. Nine point eight fantasy points per game in PPR leagues. Curtis Samuel averaged ten
1: point five. So, now, so I mean, obviously, I mean, you know, points, you know, per game. I mean, he actually, he actually bested him.
0: He did better by point yep. seven. Now, is that a huge difference, Matt? No,
1: nothing, not not huge.
0: But the value here,
1: right? It's 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 one of those things where the points per game, there's the actual value, is is, is very close, but the perceived
0: value is hugely different, drastically different. I mean people are taking DJ Moore to build their team around in startups. Curse Samuel's going in the double digit rounds. Right. That's a they're drastically viewed differently.
1: So I mean it basically boils down to the fact where you look at DJ Moore and and he's almost he's almost getting to the point where he's He's cool. unobtainable because everyone's got so much hype around him. But Curtis Samuel's on, on the flip and they side, just drafted him right, you know, last right. year. Sure. So, so he's a little bit fresher on everyone's mind. But on the on the flip side, Curtis Samuel, with very similar production, if not even a little bit better, he's obtainable for a, a, a relatively cheap price.
0: And this is no knock to DJ Moore at all. Right. But again, it goes back to obtainability and right. cost value. Why would I overpay for, you know, D.J. Moore, when I get equal value for half the cost in a guy like Curtis Samuel, when you talk about a guy like Curtis Samuel, I see him as being, you know, he's a better overall route runner than D.J. Moore. He's that quick, athletic, yards-after-the-catch receiver. Mm-hmm. I see D.J. Moore being like the slot receiver. Okay. And I see I see Curtis Samuel as being that ex-outside receiver. And I know that Chris Hogan is, but Chris Hogan's a deep threat go-long
1: He's the, Yeah, he's the stretch that, you know, get the safeties to to actually commit down the field a little bit. Sam Samuel's
0: a very versatile receiver. Like, he's almost like that, you know, if you go old school Percy Harvin-esque. Sure. You go new school, he's kind of like Stephon Dix, kind of. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about a high traffic here. And look what they're doing in Carolina. They're doing kind of the same thing. We're seeing it, like, in Chicago, what Baltimore just did. Around Cam Newton, they're building this quick, up-tempo offense. Quick hits,
1: quick hits. Get the ball out fast, right?
0: Yeah. Who do they have there, Matt? They got
1: Curtis Samuel. They have
0: um, Ian Thomas. Ian
1: Thomas. They've Christian got McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Christian, Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, you know him and Samuels came in together, and and it was my big question: like, what the heck are they doing? Because they they've always had this kind of down the field offense, and now they're getting both these guys that are able to create in space and 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 get the ball out real quick to who who's going to end up being the more dominant type of player? Well, it turns out it's been a big switch in their whole philosophy and they just want they they were tired of getting Cam beat up. They wanted to get the ball out of his hand quickly and and I think the results are gonna be, you know a lot of these crossing routes and stuff like that where, where guys are are going to be tasked to create afterwards. And, and that's something that Curtis Samuel does great. That's something that DJ Moore does great. And obviously uh, Christian McCaffrey is also, you know, excels in that as well.
0: Yeah. They're, they're a little bit ahead of the curve here in Carolina of what they want to build. Again, these other offenses are doing this to protect the quarterback and Cam Newton. He's not known for his deep ball, you know, Throwing down field he's not yeah, he's not
1: known for for being like the most accurate guy ever. And this so.
0: helps him even with his rushing ability because it opened things up. Because you no longer just stack the box versus Cam because you have these quick weapons that he can strike at any point here. And definitely when you get in flux with a big target like Ian Thomas, Ian Thomas right in the, the, the middle seams. there. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a really nice thing what they're doing here, and I like Curtis Samuel a lot. Uh, I think he's obtainable for a twenty twenty second mm-hmm. right now. I think this price is only going to go up. I think he's going to be, you know, I'm not saying Kurt Samuel's a wide receiver one by any means, but Kurt Samuel could be a low end wide receiver too. Okay. Easily. Yeah. Um, He could be a high, a high end wide receiver three, a wide, rec- you know, inconsistent there, which is totally worth a 20, 22nd in my eyes, or a player I don't like, or uh, maybe an aged vet. Samuel's attainable.
1: He is obtainable. And I'm yep. seeing
0: what the cost is in my league. I went out last year. I was kind of way ahead of this. If you live, if you listen to the show last year, I had the same conversation where I set out, and I encourage everybody to go out there and buy, so I hope you listen then, because I did. And I got him. I think I had about a 70% success rate on obtaining Curtis Samuel for really cheap. Again, I gave up second-round picks for Curtis Samuel, and it was... And I feel great about that right now nice because I have no problem going to a dynasty startup or a league with right now is Curtis Samuel as my wide receiver three. And I feel confident that he can get it done. I, I just like him. I like his versatility. I like his athleticism. I like him a lot. They move him to the outside there uh, and move Kurt, DJ Moore more into the slot. I think it's a really good value right now. I think he's somebody – that I would gamble on. And as a third-year breakout, I think he's a prime candidate to fit for this show and what we're talking about today. I think Curtis Samuel is about to be from Forrest Gump. He's about to be a household name. Mm, is that like Bubba it. Gump or is that Bubba Gump Shrimp?
1: Uh, Bubba Gump Shrimp. It's a household name. Mm-hmm.
0: So you like, you like that? You like that pick of Curtis Samuel? I do, man. I right. do. Let's get into some of your guys here too.
1: All right, so... My, the first guy that I'm going to talk about here is Zay Jones. Who so doesn't
0: love Zay Jones?
1: I, I I absolutely love this guy. Six foot two, 201 pounds. Known mostly as a possession guy coming out of Eastern Carolina, but did surprise, I think, a little bit with a, a 4.4, uh, 4, 5, um, 40 in, in, in the 40-yard dash there. So, But those are all measurables, whatever. Um. What I like, you know, he comes in with a, a really nice second round, um, early second round draft pedigree, fifth um, fifth pick in the second yeah, round. So thir- 37th overall, which is another thing that is huge, uh, hugely important in, in my eyes, um, just because they obviously ha- they like the guy coming out and, and they've stuck with him. Obviously, his first year was a little rough, um, you know. Tyrod, uh, Tyrod Taylor was throwing him the ball, and uh, he was hurt. On, on top of that, the major concern was was his shoulder issue. So he had a, he had a, um, a labrum issue, and, and he got that squared away in the offseason last year, and, and came back this year, and and didn't put up hugely great numbers or anything, but did like pretty much double his output from the year before. You know, his rookie year he went from um, a really really poor conversion rate on targets uh, uh, of. 27 receptions on 74 targets for only 316 yards for like 11 11 yard average
0: but if you remember Matt not only was he hurt but a lot of those passes to him were just abysmal
1: they were terrible they were they were they were very very poorly thrown and that was one of the reasons you know like when Tyrod came to Cleveland I was not that excited because I I dug into those numbers a little bit and and his uncatchable targets rate was was ridiculous. I don't remember exactly what it is off the top of my head. I remember
0: you did, you did bring up that stat when we did the show. Whatever it was, it was ridiculous.
1: Um, so some of it was the fact that they were uncatchable. Another portion of it was he could barely lift his arm up to catch the ball.
0: Yeah, he wasn't raising the roof in the club. Exactly.
1: So you know, last year he he, he his conversion rate went way up. You know, he converted like fifty five percent of his his targets instead of thirty six which you know with a with a rookie quarterback that isn't known to be the most accurate guy ever that that's significant in my eyes um that it went up that much and, and you know on top of that he doubled he doubled his output as far as yards up to like 652 so what i saw when i dug into the numbers is you're going to get around 11 or 12 yards per catch out of this guy but what i expect to see is a is a nice little jump you know in his in his production and his actual catches So, um, you know, I could, I could easily see him being in the, the high seventies, low eighties and catches this in, in this coming season and and where he excelled and took a big leap were, were touchdowns last year. So he went from two in in his first year up to, up to seven. And what I like to really see was, was, you know, obviously last year, um, Josh Allen missed a little chunk of the season there towards the middle and, and, and when he came back, it was between weeks 12 and 17. He only threw, I think, eight touchdowns to seven interceptions, but five of those touchdowns went to Zay Jones. So he was getting a huge share there of the touchdowns that, that you know, Allen was able yep. to throw. And and you have to expect some sort of leap in the offense in, in year the two. Third,
0: yeah, in the third year. again, his first year was a wash. Yeah. And- you remember like the jump of the numbers. I mean, you're talking about a guy that finishes wide receiver 35 on the year, right? So he was a low end wide receiver three, which was again some of you would start on your, your and the, offense.
1: And right, and that's over the whole year. If you if you go back to those you know weeks 12 through 17 after Allen came back from injury, he was actually wide receiver 24.
0: You go actually, Matt. You go before that. If you go from week nine to 17, oh really? He was wide, he was still wide receiver 24. Okay, all right.
1: Yeah. I, I I mean I was looking at it honing in just with the quarterback. That it makes sense. That's I gonna just, be in there next year. I just so. went
0: for the second half. That I looked it up because I knew it was your guy. So I was like, "What do you do sure. the second half of the season?" Where because I knew he did better in the second half. So I just went from week nine to seventeen, and he came out in PPR leagues wide receiver twenty four.
1: Right. And and you know the, I I think why i wanted to look at it that way is cuz i think Allen's game took a, a nice little jump there at the end so i wanted to see if there was any correlation there with, with Zay Jones's game that, that would correlate into this season and and it did have a nice little positive correlation and i and i think you know in year 2 of Josh Allen's NFL career i would expect to see a little bit of a, of a bump as as far as efficiency yeah and, and everything i mean in the in the in the Bills passing game as a whole which ranked 31st last year With only 174 yards a game passing, you got to expect to see that number go up, which which relate you know which will at least somewhat spread across the board, but hopefully get some more more targets, more receptions, more yards in the way of Zay Jones.
0: Yeah, here's what I love about it too. So obviously. You know, last year he took a big step forward, like you mentioned. Finished, I mentioned wide receiver 35, second half of the year, finishes wide receiver 24, which is low end wide receiver 2. Those are fantastic numbers. Josh Allen comes back, coming out of Wyoming, you're not like nonstop from college up into his second year. The grind, learning the offense, coming to the NFL, starting really early there for Buffalo, and a lot to learn. So he's going to come up, he's going to take a big step forward. Zay Jones, we mentioned earlier the third year receiver set or any player that we'd like to come out to coming into his third year. His first year, almost like Mike Williams was a wash. Right. Right, absolutely. Love that he finishes wide receiver twenty four the second half. I love the fact that he is a solid possession receiver, which is gonna be a really good receiver for a guy like Josh Allen. Yes, you have guys like Robert Foster, too, that you want that suit his skill set as well with the deep ball. You can get down But the, right? big those those are hit-and-miss kind of plays. The The biggest number I want, like you mentioned, the reception's going up, is a possession receiver in this offense that they're building here around Josh Allen, and that's Zay Jones. What I also love about this is this is a player that we loved throughout the process, right? Oh, yeah. When you go back to 2017, Zay Jones, we were in the only podcast out there that said, hey, Zay Jones is a first-round pick, hmm. albeit it might be number 12. Right. But we preach, if you, if you go back and listen to our podcast, we preached hard- Zay Jones and Cooper Cup, Moscow Mule himself, right? Nobody else was out there preaching those guys. We said you have to draft Cooper Cup and you have to draft him high you in the second to. round. Yep.
1: And it felt good when he, when he started producing early on yeah. that one. Yep.
0: And Zay Jones, it looks like we, people are like, oh, well, you missed on Zay Jones. Like, no, but no, it's, it's, so, it's the NFL. It doesn't matter what you did year one. I like that we loved him, right? Mm-hmm. So, I know I'm going to cut you off here. I like that we loved them there pre process. Before he even took a snap in the NFL, before he was even drafted, we loved Zay Jones. I love the fact that that was validated and validated by him going number 37 overall in the second round in NFL draft. That makes me feel good when there's players like that that we love that nobody's really talking about and they get drafted higher than most. Like a guy like carrying Johnson. Right. You know, when, mm-hmm. you know I, I love carry on All of a sudden, he's like the second running back off the board. And people are like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. I'm like, I, I kind of saw it coming. Uh, so I love that. So now we have pre-draft pedigree that right. we love. We have post-draft pedigree that we love. Validate this first-round pick, albeit late or high second-round pick, where he was really good value. I know you and I got a lot of shares with oh, de- Zay Jones because de- yeah, of where he's going. Like I was making moves to get Zay Jones. And now here we are going to his third year. He just took a massive step forward with a quarterback that was a huge question mark coming into this offense. And for all the reasons and, you just said, too, and,
1: and don't forget that he came off a very bizarre off season last year.
0: Oh yeah, you, k- kung fu on whatever he was on through windows in a hotel room, buck naked. Sure. Yeah, it was pretty weird.
1: That that bizarre thing. Yeah, it was weird. He's coming off a much more normal off season this year,
0: and, which is easy to do after that situation. Which
1: is very easy to do, but he also put an emphasis in the off season. Uh, on getting bigger and stronger, yes. as well. which is I a, saw that note, which is too. which is another thing that I wanted to mention and just throw in there, which is it, which is only going to translate, you know, to to a little bit more dominance on the field. And this is the guy that his senior year he caught a hundred and fifty eight catches, one hundred and fifty eight catches, not targets, catches for seventeen hundred and forty six yards. That's pretty good, right? That is, I mean, that is freaking ridiculous that's why
0: receiver one numbers so
1: he, throughout his career his freshman year he got 62 passes then 81 then 98 then 158 so not only is this guy shown in the past to get incrementally better but he has shown that he can become a huge target monster and he you don't you don't get to 158 catches unless you're unless you're efficient, you know, with your targets and you're catching a lot of stuff. So, I, I you know, the, the early conversion rates for targets was an anomaly due to, you know, injury and stuff like that. But he's a guy that's going to be a reliable target for Josh I Allen. almost
0: feel bad training him to you two weeks ago.
1: I feel great obtaining him two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah,
0: it was a move I felt the, the juice I, I needed. You got a great return.
1: I mean, let's. It was a risky return. Yeah.
0: Uh, I gave up Austin Eckler. Mm -hmm. And I gave up. No, you got Austin. I got, yeah, I gave up Zay Jones in 2022. And I got Tyree Kill and Austin Eckler. Right. And the big move there is I was really going for uh, Austin Eckler is what I was really going for. Right. Because he was, he was, he's a quality receiver. I was a little bit thin at running back and I have Melvin Gordon. And you have Melvin Gordon. And to me, Tyree Kill, he's a scumbag, but it's worth the risk there. Uh, And we're on a a team where I don't even need Tyree Kill because I'm loaded receiver at Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, and Jarvis Landry and Sterling Shepard and Kiki Kuti. You know, I didn't even need Tyreek Hill.
1: You can – oh, everyone could need a guy like Tyreek Hill if he's on the field.
0: But he, I was in a position to, you know, if he doesn't play this year, I don't even need him this right. year. You know what I mean? But Correct. it was more about – I hate to go up Zay Jones, but I just mentioned I was loaded at receiver. Yep. It was, like, literally the one thing I did not need on my team. So – but I love Zay Jones, like, a lot. But I utilize – and I know you love them, so we made a deal work. Sure. I love this, Matt. I love this pick. I love all three guys we talked about, all three guys that I want to go out there and get. And Zay Jones, you could easily put him up there, not in the Mike Williams category, but he's just, if not equal, if not more valuable. I'd definitely take him over Curtis Samuel.
1: I would too. I would as well.
0: Because of the situation, because yep. I see him as a true number one. Now, I'm not saying that like with an exclamation mark, because they're close for mm-hmm. me. Um, they really are, and I like Zay Jones a lot. But I would tell you what, I bet Zay Jones is way more easily attainable, even than a guy like Curtis Samuel.
1: I think so too. I think I think it goes back to his really poor rookie year when when his numbers were terrible. He wasn't converting a lot of the, the opportunities he was getting. And then he had that really weird offseason. And I think that is that really sticks that really stuck with people. Anyway.
0: Oh dude, dude, Matt, take that. Extrapolate that that he's in Buffalo with Josh Allen. Right. And there you go. That's that's a great quality buy. But all you have to do is look at the numbers. Now, I mentioned before, I love average fantasy points per game. Look at the numbers, man. The the truth is there. Like it's easy to see sometimes. Like there's little things that you have to do just to go look and it can clarify a picture so well of what to do in Dynasty fantasy football. This is a move you need to make. I recommend every single person listen to this find an offer that you're comfortable with, take another step forward with it, and go out there and get Zay Jones. You won't regret it. Countless tweets we get. Uh, about oh dude thank god I got this guy you know George Kittle right. you know because sure. if you before mentioned pop yep. before mm-hmm. they were actually worth valuable I think the nerds for that I love those tweets that's what that's why we've been doing the podcast for five years because we keep getting those tweets and I think these guys we talked about today are going to bring in some of those tweets as well and I think the Jones could be a nice stamp on all the end of this where it's a good quality pick go out there and get zay jones let's get one last guy here we got to wrap this up here we got less than 10 minutes here to do this one matt i think this is really good from any perspective even more so a super flex position give me your last guy let's do this one quick
1: all right last guy um mitch trubisky obviously he was he was a first round draft pick second overall in, in the 2017 draft, which
0: was a strong quarterback class
1: very strong quarterback class um <laughs> You know, obviously, in year one, he was in a little bit of a old schooly type of offense, and 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 last year was Matt Nagy's, so it was his first year in Matt Nagy's offense, and and, and what you saw was a you know like a, a guy that went from uh, who the heck do you think or you who do you know or, or is this guy going to be any good to a guy that actually ended up being I think so he was actually quarterback um, fifteen on the year. Uh, but you know that that's week one through seventeen, which is a little bit longer than. But the he only played
0: fourteen games.
1: Correct. So his points per game, if you go on a per game basis, he was actually quarterback number I think twelve or in our in it he, depends on the touchdown lead.
0: Yeah. If you go, so if you go fantasy pros for example, he averaged eighteen point eight points per game, which is that's a solid sure. for a quarterback. And you'd be like, okay, but he that's better than Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, Philip Rivers. Dak Prescott, and Russell Wilson, who all finished ahead of him at 16 games for the season.
1: Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it, he took a nice, impressive leap in his first year in, in that offense, which, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me, but there's still a ton of room to grow because if you, if you look at the Bears' offense last year, they were 21st in, in passing yards per game at 222.8. And if you go back to Matt Nagy's last year there in, in Kansas City, they were seventh overall with like 256. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but an extra extra thirty thirty or forty yards a game. It, 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 I mean, it all all this little all these little things add up. You throw on a, a couple more touchdowns because he's in in the in the second year in Matt Nagy's offense, third year in the NFL, and and really you're staring at a guy that on a on a point in point out basis on a on a week to week basis he's a he's a middling quarterback one and and in a standard league great i mean you can you can get guys like that but in a super flex this is a guy that i mean he's really going to hold a lot of value
0: love him in super flex matt love him a lot i don't love him just because he grew up 10 minutes from where i live and Mm -hmm. he went to the same elementary school as my children did uh and he's from the same city as i am this guy is a stud you mentioned he's in matt Nagy's offense right second year not only that but you get anthony miller coming back into the second year of the offense. Was, you have Allen Robinson coming back in the second year offense. You got Trey Burton coming back the second year of his offense. They have Tariq Cohen coming into the second year of his offense, and they just added a dynamic running back in David Montgomery to this offense. This for, offense is taking a massive step forward.
1: And don't forget they got rid of... Uh, of jordan howard the guy that was in there just thumping and not catching any passes so that i mean i really do think that's going to be one of those addition by subtraction type of things where they're not going to have to worry about having a running back on the field that absolutely can't catch passes
0: yeah we can see a jared Goff kind of step up here where you go from nothing like but he wasn't even nothing He was quarterback 15 last year but a big step forward quarterback in a super flex league this is a guy again and i'm seeing he was under the here. radar,
1: though, uh, hugely under the radar, in my opinion. Where where he actually like perceived value to actual value?
0: No, I agree with you. That's what I'm saying too. Like, you can get Mitch Trubisky, yeah. like a quarterback like this in Superflex should be unobtainable in my eyes. That's that's how I look at Superflex. Right. He should be obtainable. He's obtainable, right? Mm-hmm. If you're saying Jared Goff or Mitch Trubisky, the obvious choice here is a guy who finishes number top seven overall, Jared Goff. But like. Again, what are you paying? Perceived value and actual value. I think Mr. is going to take a big step forward here as well. Um, I'm buying everywhere.
1: And another underrated move that I did want to mention um, was they brought Brad Childerson. They had him kind of at the beginning of the year as an advisor type of guy last year, but he wasn't actually there during the season and, like, calling plays or anything like that. But I think he's going to be a co-offensive coordinator this year, and that goes back to – him and Matt Nagy were together in Kansas City for like five years before Matt Nagy came over to the Bears. So it's one of those things where it's going to be another eye, another another creative mind to help him kind of use all these new weapons. Like here in
0: Cleveland, Todd Munkin and Freddie Kitchens, another right. eye to go to a dynamic offensive play caller. Mm-hmm. Even though Freddie Kitchens is going to call the plays, sure. you know. Tom Munkin, who did fantastic in, you know, Tampa Bay, is gonna be the offensive coordinator here. I love it. I wish we could have more time to go into Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it in another show. Uh, but I agree with you. I think it's a great buy. I'm all in. In my last understanding, he was my last pick, even though I took a quarterback two picks beforehand. You know, you only could have five sure, years. Sure. You know, and that's it. You can't take other players. You're not gonna take a quarterback to let them develop. I took Mitch Trubisky I took him quick because I was like, okay, I have two stud quarterbacks here that now I don't have to worry about. You yep. know, they're both young. Uh, I got Jared Goff and Mitch Trubisky and I feel really good about that. And I, I, did, them pretty close to each other where some people will take a quarterback. Okay. Now I can wait. Well, I do not want to wait cause I want another older guy. I want two young guys that I can rely on for the next five years to make sure I'm not the lowest scoring point team. I every say, pl- year. Plus
1: you, plus once you snag them, I mean, it's a, you don't have to worry about it. It's off the box. You know,
0: exactly. Right? So that's it for this episode. Um, if you did enjoy the show and you want one more show, guess what? We're about to do another one right after this, and we're going to do some more rookie breakdowns for the 2019 rookies. To get that show, you must be a Nerd NerdHerd member. Uh, it's an exclusive episode where we do every single week a bonus episode for our exclusive members. With that Nerd NerdHerd membership, you get our rankings, our new tools that we're rolling out there, and more podcasts. Uh, the tools are coming out, as we said, every single week. Week
1: well every single week month well, as yeah. they come basically we have three tools lined
0: yep. up here uh that are going to be rolled out here the next five months that's the best we could probably say it you know yep the, the buy sell trade uh tool will be up within the next ten days the mock draft tool should be up within the next three weeks and then the biggest tool that we think will be a game changing industry tool is going to be up within the next hopefully three four months um, our goal is before the NFL season. If you want to join the nerd herd, we still have a very what well, we have another week or two left on our uh, initial rollout price, which is only twenty four ninety nine for the year. You also do three dollars a month. Uh, after that, it's going to go up to thirty bucks a year. So it's a good way to save five bucks. Yep, and remember, get in early. It's literally yep. just buying me or Matt, one cup of coffee a month. You get to hang out with us four extra times during that month, and we get to sit here like we did today and talk Dynasty Fantasy Football for an hour and give you some information that we feel is valuable, and hopefully you can take it and do what you want with it. But if anything, we want to come away with every, every show to make you feel like you're a better Dynasty Fantasy Football player. And that's, that's the goal here. That's what we've been right? doing for forever. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to do something to help us out also, you could go on iTunes, leave us a rating review. I actually do that last week because of that turd that left us a bad review because <laughs> of our rollout episode. And you guys did uh, overwhelmingly. I think 20 of you people Holy came out there. Cow. And, and I, I read every one of them. One of them said, I know you're reading this, Rich. And you were right. I was. <laughs> um, so if you want to leave us a rating review, we appreciate it. It's a good way to keep the podcast on top of iTunes as the number one Dynasty podcast. It helps to show out more ways than one. So if you do have iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. And if you can leave it any other platform, I, I we appreciate that too. I just won't see it because I have an iPhone and I'll have one for my entire life. Right? True statement. Uh, if you want to talk Dynasty festival you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Dynasty Rich.
1: I'm at Dynasty Matt.
0: You can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. Even though he's not here, you can follow our other co-host at Dynasty Price. In the meantime, we'll be back in five minutes uh, for your nerd herd members and for your non herd members. Well, see you next you're missing week. out. We'll see you next week. Yep. All right. Adios.